Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What does discrimination look like inside of the modeling industry for a black woman or, or for a black man? When you're looking at castings that are being submitted for castings, they'll have a breakdown of the ethnicities that they want. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you won't see African American. Yeah. So they can discriminate out the gate. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you we won't even discriminate, have, so we don't yeah, discriminate. So you won't mm-hmm. even have an opportunity to submit or be submitted because you're not wanted. Because you'll hear amongst each other, amongst ourselves, like you'll hear that light is right, light is better, yeah. light is more attractive. Oh, mm. I, I have good hair, I have bad hair. You know, I mean that that's amongst ourselves. Yeah. That's not even the powers that be determining that. I believe it all stems back to like the slavery, slave mentality, mental slavery, mental slavery, mental slavery, mental slavery, mental slavery, mental slavery, mental slavery. Welcome to Wow Black, a seriously opinionated podcast bringing you the real and raw on anything happening while black. If black culture's there, we're there. If you're pissed or empowered, then let's talk about it. Ride with us on this all black everything. Everybody, welcome back to Wild Black. Welcome back. We're glad to have you here with us again. Today we are here with a little bit of a nervous guest today. (laughs) Just a little nervous. She's cheesing and smiling, but it's gonna be good. I told her she's gonna she's gonna relax in like just a second. The mics won't even be here. But we got an interesting topic today. So if you pay any attention to television or you watch America's Next Top Model or you read any of the news, then you know the models and therefore, as extension, we as black people deal with some things that happen. She's too dark, he's too broad, she's too curvy, they look too exotic. These are some of the things that we hear associated with discrimination in the modeling and fashion industry. And I want to talk about it. So we've got someone in the studio today who is actually a model. And I don't mean just, and no offense, ladies or gentlemen, I don't mean just an Instagram model. I don't mean someone who's just twerking and, and trying to get your attention for like, she really does this. Like she's <laughs> signed to agencies. She is working. Matter of fact, she's getting ready to go to Paris in a, what, couple weeks or something? In fall. Fall, September. Yeah, in Paris to walk I'm in the sorry. Paris Fashion Week show. So she's a big deal. She's growing and she's getting out there. So I don't want to waste any time. I want to introduce Mari to the show. Now, mm-hmm. Mari wants to be a boss like Tyra, fierce like Naomi, and exude appeal like Adriana Lima. And she is so close to accomplishing her dreams. She's a sign model, having worked with a number of photographers, participated in several fashion shows, and appeared on multiple television and films. Excitedly, she's now prepping for her first modeling appearance in the upcoming Paris Fall Fashion Week. Mari, we welcome you to Wild Black. How are you doing today? I'm well. Thank you for having me. Good. Why don't you take just a few seconds, 30 seconds or so, and tell the folks just a little bit more about you. Okay, so I am basically raised here in Atlanta. I got my start into modeling uh, at Albany State University. That's where I originally started my undergraduate career. 
they had a competition called the Albany State Next Top Model. And I was one of the people that were selected out of the auditions to actually be featured in the program. And from there, I uh, dabbled into the modeling troops in school. And at Clayton State University, I was in Clark Atlanta's fashion show. I've been in a couple of productions that were ran by Renee Noor and Dwight E. Banks. And Hotlanta Fashion Week that was put on, produced by Layla. Uh, yeah, just uh, various local events. That's what I pretty much did. Cool. While nice. trying to prepare for the next level. And so after that, you went out to Hawaii and did some other things, right? Yes, I moved to Hawaii. I did the typical portfolio development and print modeling. I also uh, was signed to Hawaii's Best Talent Agency, which was a local boutique agency that would submit you to local events that were paid, of course. Right, right. Get that money. <laughs> yes. And then I also dabbled into appearing in film um, on Hawaii Five-0, Magnum P.I., and oh, wow. okay. The Wrong Missy, and a feature film codenamed Apex that comes out next summer. So, oh, Apex isn't out yet? No. It comes okay. out next summer. Some futuristic type of shit. Oh, okay. okay. But it's not going to be named Apex. That's the code name. That's code. Oh, shit. Okay. Oh, oh, oh that's how legit <laughs> oh. that is. And you don't get the real name of the film. You get the code name. Wow. Okay. What's your DMs looking like? <laughs> Y'all gonna see the face. My DMs pop, but it does not go down in my DM. <laughs> I promise. It, it ain't not. going down in the DMs. It doesn't. Yo Gotti had had me out of the picture when it came to that. Cool. Well, we wanna. We want to get into our wild black shit. And wild black shit is just some warm-up questions okay. that we'll take you through just to have some fun. Mm -hmm. Art, brother, you can pick and choose. I'll put a couple of them down. Hey, I just like, just I kind like, of play I with like, it, see what we want I to like do. I like where we was going with these questions. Hmm. So let me see how it works. So wild black shit is basically we got three questions that we provide to you. Um, and then in three questions, this is kind of our, one of the, the, the sections of our, podcast that our, our viewers really like because they get to know you a little bit better and it also loosens you up and it, it and then there's one signature question that we ask every single guest it's the same question um and you're gonna get to experience that today you ready yes i'm ready okay. buckle up all right can you remember the worst ass whooping you ever got i, I wasn't really a bad child mm -hmm. but you try to say you didn't get no ass whoopings I did. Okay, now, okay. I did, but it wasn't It was like, so few that she can't remember the worst one she got. That's what she said. I mean, well, I, I would say that the worst, well, it wasn't even really a whooping. I got choked. Hold up. What? That's... Mm -hmm. so, um, do we need to call a child abuse hotline? <laughs> just saying, retroactively speaking. <laughs> she was 20, though. That was... That's, 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 no. <laughs> no. I, I, I married him later. <laughs> Definitely, I was definitely around the elementary oh. grades, but I was apologized. Like I got an, I received an apology, and Shit, you should have got a written never, apology. And it never happened again. Damn. <laughs> but yeah, I it was a little worse than I asked with. I I definitely got choked. That, yeah, that's that ain't that ain't the <laughs> and one. And I would man. never forget. Okay. <laughs> okay. 
who who choked you? <laughs> Never mind. Uh -oh, I don't even go. go. Don't even go. go there. <laughs> you know how they say they brought you in this world. <laughs> they take you out. Mm -hmm. Mom person. and dad, we watching you. See, see, this is the question. What did you do though to get that? Unfortunately, I will never know. She just had a. Mm. She flipped out. Yeah. It had built up. That's what it was. It was. I her, da you. her daddy did something. That's what that was. <laughs> That's what that was. Hey, bro, what, 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 how about you? Man, the worst ass. I remember I was um, 13 years old, and it started out, I was doing what I thought was, no, I'm lying. I was doing the wrong thing, and I knew it before a good reason. My dad had in his drawer a bag, a Crown Royal bag, uh -huh. and it had um, the um, coin dollars. You know what I'm talking about? Those? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. He had a bunch of them. Uh-huh. Right. He, he collected. Right. Over, over years, yeah. he had been collecting, right? So you stole his money. So, sort of, right? So, Mother's Day was coming up. I ain't had no money, but I wanted to get moms a nice gift, right? I want to get her some flowers. So, I'm, I just had a, I had, a, I had a moment where something just went wrong. I grabbed the bag. I got my friend to take me to the flower, to the florist, right? Uh-huh. And I spent all his coins on flowers for mom. Had them delivered. She loved them. And then maybe a couple of hours into it, everybody said, where the fuck you get some money from? Right, right, right. Yeah. Where did you uh -huh. get this money from? And at that point, I blacked out because I, the ass whooping was serious. I know I didn't walk right for a couple of days. Oh, yeah. I, I just, I remember, like, my father, this is with the belt. I remember him coming down on my ass with the belt until the belt disappeared. It was just hand and ass. Mm-hmm. Uh -huh. That was a bad, that was a bad day. Now, now, check it out. So he was collecting them, right? Yep. So I anticipate that these were not ordinary dollar coins. You know what I'm saying? These probably were Bruh. the gold or the silver joints that... I got my ass yeah. towed out the mm -hmm. frame. Yep. Got you. Still remember that. Mm-hmm. That's why I stopped drinking Crown. Right. <laughs> mm -hmm. Crown apple is so good. I wouldn't know. Hey, Crown peach is even more amazing. I heard. Oh. That's new. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not on that yet. Oh, I see. I'm All right. out. Second no, question. bro. Huh? You. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Uh, well, let me, do, let me tell. Let me let me let me share this. So, I was about fifteen, and and I remember this vividly, man. I, I you know, you fifteen, you think you're grown, you know, mm -hmm. you lightweight, you think you know everything. So I was walking in the house. Now my mom was in, um, she was in the guest room. Walked in. She was like, "Hey, I need you to take the trash out." And I was like, "No, I ain't taking nothing out." Ooh, that's how you said it? I said it just like that. Shit. You know, I was, I was feeling myself at that point, right? You lucky you even alive to be on this so damn I show. So I turned around, man. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. And all I remember is, like, it was like the lights went out. <laughs> and then there was stars. You know what I'm saying? It was like, you know, you, you open your eyes and it's, it's like you had your eyes closed for a minute and it's bright light and it's like, oh, it's stars. So 
at that point, I had realized that she had slapped me so hard. You got knocked you the got, fuck out. Really right. <laughs> but I was still standing up, though. But I was like, man, something just happened that was major. Like, it was... <laughs> it, it disrupted the whole flow of life at that point. And so, uh, long story short is, I took that damn trash out. I know you goddamn you did. Matter of fact, all of the no. trash out. <laughs> you you brought yeah. one to every room. You got the trash from the bathrooms, yeah, the extra bedroom. Yeah. And I apologize. I know you did. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was that was the worst. Mm. Never forget that. Been there. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it was the first time I had actually got hit in the f- Like, a parent hit me in the face. Like, I was like... <laughs> I was shocked. You know what I'm saying? So it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was traumatic. But you know, you gotta learn at 15 that hey, can't be trying, can't be trying the system with the parents. Nah, it don't work too well. Nah, you always lose that one. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Signature question. You ready? What do you love most about life while black? I love that we pretty much excel at every, like anything that we choose to set our minds to, Mm -hmm. the Black excellence, the camaraderie (coughs) that we tend to have for each other when we see another Black person, especially, like, if you've ever gone to, like, an HBCU, you see um, your HBCU shirt or just a fellow Black, you know, educated person, you just link. It's just like you just look for that person sometimes, like, especially if you're, like, when I was in Hawaii, it was few of us unless we were military. So when we would see each other, it was just uh, like the old days, you know, like as if we've known each other forever. I feel you. I'm with that. Cool. Well, you should do the HBCU in there on them. You can never be mad at that. HBCUs, man. Ever. We need to do an episode on HBCUs. We do. It's a shame we hadn't done one We do. We need to do a panel episode on HBCUs. Yeah. All right, so on every episode of Wild Black, we do what we call the dope quote. And it's typically from someone black about black folks or impact on black folks. Every now and then, we pull from someone else, but the majority are black folks. And today's is from Miss Alex Weck. I believe that true beauty comes from inside you and that always shows through. I have no problem with whatever the next look is, whether it's big blonde hair and blue eyes, or green hair and dark eyes. That's fine, so long as there isn't just one ideal image. Miss Alex Weck. That's a great quote. Tell me what you think about it. It's pretty much a significant of the industry shift today. Like, before, the look was blonde, skinny, blue eyes. Now, you're starting to see various shapes. You're starting to see various heights. You're starting to see afros. You're starting to see the uh, mixed, you know, natural hair. Like, natural hair is just really in now. Like, they are loving that look. And you're starting to see that accepted more in the industry. Gotcha, gotcha. So things we're talking about in the quote, like Mm -hmm. that one image. Have Have you dealt through that before? Have you had anyone push that one image on you before? The skinny. What do they do? Just... I mean, I wasn't skinny enough, and I felt I was. But, you know, they want you to be even smaller, especially in when it comes to runway. Right. Because European sizes are a little bit different um, from the American sizes. Because, like, right now, I'm, like, an 8 in the UK. But I'm a 4 in the US. Oh. And 
Damn. You were, you weren't skinny enough? Mm-mm. Like right now, not skinny enough? Technically, no. <laughs> they want you to be like a double zero to basically be a two in the European sizes. Like you have to be really small. Like according to them, as far as sample sizes is concerned. But I'm, I'm still a sample size. But I'm after, still stuck on her. After, yeah. Because after, wow. after a size <clears throat> 10, you're considered plus size. So I'm like, and size plus, 10 man. is a size six in the US. Everything is based hold, on. Okay, hold on. <laughs> everything is based on European standards, like so, when it comes to runway. Did you say size 10 and over is plus size? Mm-hmm. But a 10 is a six here. So anything above a US six is considered plus size? Basically. What the fuck? That's why when you see That's some of the crazy. people that are saying they're like plus size models, they They're are team. not really that big. Yeah. But their six like is in average. the US. A six in the US is a 10 in the UK, and a 10 in the UK is plus size. That is fucking insane. Well, at anything over 10. So like if you're 12, like eight. So the minute you hit eight here, yeah. you're a plus size. Yeah. So so I'm triple quadruple plus. Man, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm off the scale. Like I you can't even so how does how does that work? Like, who sets the standard for what that looks like? Like, is that a is hell? That, do they eat shit? Yeah, because I mean that got to be quite un un. It's unnatural looking, if right? You've ever seen like European runway? Like that's like the top model industry standard of runway. So when you look at some of them, they look emaciated to an extent. Because I look at some of them and I'm like, oh my God, that's too small. And I'm small. <laughs> yes, like, I don't mean it offensive. Like, you, you are, you're tiny. Yes, I mean, granted, I'm huge, but you're I tiny. Am. I am. And, and I, they said you weren't small enough? Yeah, when I was younger. When I was first getting out there. Listen, right quick, go to our Instagram page and look at the picture of her and imagine her being too big. And, like, just being a black female... My weight fluctuates because I think the largest that I've ever been was a 12. And the smallest I've ever been as of my adult life has been a four. Yeah, the, the standards are pretty, pretty tight. And that's what makes it a little hard sometimes for us to get yeah. into the, the actual, like, Us as a black woman? Yeah, yeah. Because you're not, you're not naturally, like, that, that, that has to be very deliberate. Right, I would think because it's yeah, you unnatural. have to really diet and exercise. That's why that's still a part of like if you're going to be a model, you still have to work on your dieting and you still have to exercise. Um, but do see- they eat like seasoned watermelon seeds? What the hell do they eat and get that small? They usually have nutritionists and and dietitians that they see sometimes, and then some people become anorexic. Yeah, I mean, because you're like, there was this movie, I'm I'm assuming, Dying to be Thin, um, that Lifetime kind of like put out there. And these are different things that, you know, gymnasts have to like manage and and models and everything. See, I I get it for gymnasts, right? Because gymnasts, I mean, you become more agile as you get smaller. Yeah. I don't get it for modeling. But modeling is... That's strange. But the good thing about modeling, though, there are different aspects of it. So you can choose to be a lifestyle model 
And that's when you can just be like an everyday person. There's really no standard. Okay. There's no height standard. There's no weight uh, restriction. Okay. So I, can, I might There's can make no, it as a lifestyle. Yeah, okay. Exactly. There's it. no look restriction because actually lifestyle and commercial modeling mm -hmm. is to appeal to the everyday person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And runway modeling is sample size. Right. European. You have to be so tall. Are, you have to be skinny. Yeah, what does sample size mean? Like, what is... That? Like two, four. And sample is is is, is it like must the mean small sample. sample. The 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 sample sizes that they initially make, like the uh, designers. Oh, you mean like the first production stuff? Yes. Oh. Yes. Designers usually make a sample size. They usually don't exceed size eight, and that's what you send down the runway. But in the store, that's of course, they'll why. do mass production, and then you'll see the different you know, sizes. The different sizes. So they get a gauge around how the market would respond to that particular style through yeah see this this, this is my struggle so as as someone who is consuming the fashion industry you're watching a fashion show or whatnot isn't the expectation from the designers that you watch this you become up to date on the latest fashions and then you go purchase right yes so but how do you do that when the when people walking don't look don't look like you or don't even look like the women you know that's an interesting question. That's like a personal... If there was a good answer, we would yeah, fix it. There's a personal... <laughs> that's a personal uh, decision that you make. Like, uh, usually the mannequins, they're small. So uh, things look good on the models. Some things don't look good on the runway models, but they look better on an everyday person, but they're right. still not going to send an everyday person down the runway of a major production, usually. Gotcha. Um, hmm. It all depends. Like, if you have... Like a lot of the New York fashion weeks, Miami, Atlanta, Chicago, all the local fashion weeks in the U.S., they tend to be a little bit more lenient and open to different sizes, different heights. And then the clothing is a little bit more realistic as far as like, oh, I can see myself buying that and gotcha. wearing that. And gotcha. then European, um, Vogue, and Harper's Bazaar, that's like, oh, you know, top fashion, like, something that you wouldn't wear every day, gotcha. necessarily. Where, where does shape come? So, you talked about size, two, four, you know, getting to six. <laughs> zero. Double right. zero. Where does size come into play? Because it makes me think, I can't remember the lady's name. It might have been the newscaster out of Dallas, Demetrius. You, you all remember her? She had on this blue dress. She was super, super curvy. Super curvy. Right, yep, and she got attacked. They were like, you look horrible, yada, yada, yada. But she looked amazing. She did. And she then, sure then did. they showed another woman in the same dress, or in the same size, and it fit her completely different. It's like, hey, I'm just built like this, right? So where does size come into play? If you're a size two, but you are, right, you're very curvy as a size two, does that play against you as well? It can. In the runway, it, it can. It depends. It it really depends on how the, the designer wants to present the clothing. Because gotcha. when you're going to the fashion weeks, Usually you have, like, everyone usually lines up and walk. <clears throat> and then the designers pick their models. So you might get picked for a particular a particular designer that doesn't mind or has clothing that is a little bit more shapely. Right. Like, like New York New York and Company, for example, like Gabrielle Union's um, line mm -hmm. is a little bit more shapelier, even though it might be a size 2. It's, gotcha. it's for a woman with a little bit more curve 
Owe um and Eva Mendez. Like right. So they they pick these different celebrities to put out um clothing for the everyday consumer. Gotcha. So, That's interesting. So runway really isn't for everyday consumers. I wouldn't I wouldn't think so. Okay. Because some some of the some of the pieces that you see, you would never like just Purchase. buy. That actually makes me feel better because I've been like, what the fuck it's is more, that? Correct? It's more entertainment. It's like avant-garde. And that's usually an artistic, you know. Oh, uh, like, okay. Yeah. Okay, like, like just, a piece. Yeah, like they put on a show and and just show things in a according to a theme. And then okay. in the store, you'll see more ready-to-wear. Right. More right. everyday consumer huh. type pieces. And then... Even is Fashion Nova at Paris runway? Is Paris? No, no, you know that's not. Now you know that's not real fashion. That's every day. That's every oh, day from China. Are <laughs> 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 uh, you? You mentioned women lining up and walking, and then getting picked by the designers. Mm-hmm. When you're in that lineup, and when they're walking, are there a number of black faces? Not really. Why? Why? Because why aren't there more of us there? Because of the representation. Uh-huh. You have to have a particular representative to even get into a lot of the top, you know, like, right. especially like the the internet on the international scale versus the locals. Now, if you're local talent, you can you'll actually have a chance. Like in Atlanta Fashion Week, New York Fashion Week, you'll definitely have a chance. Gotcha. But once you start um, talking, you're start, you're starting, yeah, you're starting to starting to see a shift and they have production companies that actually put people out there a lot of those production companies, you kind of have to like sometimes invest in yourself to get into the door or get sponsorship. Mm-hmm. And then you can be put, you know, on a platform so someone can see you or get the footage that you need to be able to present yourself to maybe an agency. That's why it's like really good to research agencies because every agency is tailored for different types of women. Gotcha. What about from the designer side? Do you see much? I know, like, Tracy Reese is one that Black I know designers, a little bit about, right? It's a mix. I would say it's a mix. But on certain scales, no. Because they, they a lot of times you have to actually pay to kind of be, uh, to show your pieces sometimes. Mm. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And, I, I mean, if they can't get out there or uh, pay for the registration, then they're not going to be able to show their pieces. Mm-hmm. But they'll have a better chance. Everyone has a better chance locally. Gotcha. I, I, I believe, from what I've observed and experienced. Cool. So I, I want to take a step back and just ask you, what is it like to be a black woman in this industry? The good and the bad. I mean, the the good is that, you know, we're it's a, this is the this is a great time to be in the industry because um diversity is definitely diversity and inclusion is definitely something that a lot of brands are actually moving towards now. Right. So you're starting to see more people like you. Um, like Tommy Hilfiger and Zendaya, they kind of like did a collab recently right. for um, her uh, collaboration with them. And she produced the entire runway show for right. it. And she chose a lot of black models um, from 
all various age range, ranges and sizes. Gotcha. So it was a really fun show. Like if you ever like um do some research and look it up, but it was a very like inclusive show. So you're starting to see more brands gearing towards inclusion now. And I like Rihanna with her Savage Fenty. She's shaking things up when it comes to Victoria's Secret, like the lingerie sector, um, because she actually had maternity um, people, uh, maternity wear really? um, in the fashion show. And her one of her latest releases was for the Savage woman wearing Fenty. it pregnant. Yes. Okay. I just want to um, make because sure. one of the models oh. I forgot her name, and she's so dope. But um, one of the models was actually pregnant, and one of the models that she's always uses. I forgot ah. her name. Oh, my God. <laughs> hmm. But, That's cool. but yeah, she recently had a boy and she um, she was in that fashion show. And then she shows, like, curvy, curvier women because, you know, Victoria's Secret, they kind of have, like, a yep. specific yeah, demographic. Like a, it's a European and, type. Yeah, exactly. And that's when right. the, the trans the community... Bowl, you might fuck with you a little bit. Yeah. Right. And the trans community kind of, like, went off on Victoria's Secret because they said they wouldn't have a trans wo- woman in Oh, they, sh- in they their said show. that? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, that was like a big uproar on Twitter recently. Oh, that it, it's recent, too. It was, yeah, it was like uh, the last show that they had in December. Oh. So hmm. that, have they backed off that stance at all yet? I haven't seen it yet. Come on, Victoria's oh, wow. Secret, get it together. <laughs> Everyone's kind of fighting for inclusion now, you know. And I, I mean, I, I think we should take, you know, full advantage of. I mean, I, I hate to call us a current trend, but right, like it's, it's sort of trendy to be black or ethnic in a lot of these places. But it's because they're capitalizing off of it. At the yeah, end of the day, I would but, say, you know, finally, it's a, so it's like it, it feels good and bad at the same time. Right. It's like a. So I'm hearing this this interesting mix between art and commercialization, right? So it's like hey, what I'm considering art may be very different than what I'm trying to commercialize. Right. Right. Hmm. And at the end of the day, the dollar wins. That's a true yeah. story. Yep. So what does, outside of too dark, too curvy, too ethnic, what does discrimination look like inside of the modeling industry for a black woman or, or for a black man? Just not being selected. <laughs> I mean, just not being included, not being chosen. Um, for, so not even being considered to be told too dark or too thin or too right. curvy, not even being there. Right. When you're looking at castings or being submitted for castings, they'll have a breakdown of the ethnicities that they want, mm-hmm. and sometimes you won't see African American. Yeah. So they can discriminate out the gate. Right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So you we won't can discriminate, have, so we don't yeah, discriminate. So you won't mm-hmm. even have an opportunity to submit or be submitted because you're not wanted. That's one way. Other than that, it's just colorism. Uh, in general. Do you see the colorism aspect play out a lot? Yeah, definitely in the beginning. And even even amongst us? Well, yes. Mm, that's a shame. Really? Yes. She said it very confidently, too. Yes. In Atlanta, for instance, um, you'll have some of the same faces, same type of look. It's usually mixed and exotic or what they feel is exotic. Or it'll be Lapita's complexion. Right. And they would try to use that, you know, like, they want to use... <laughs> Which is, uh, I consider, an extreme range right? Yeah. for, for it, the U.S. Because everybody's yeah. not yeah. walking around that complexion, right? Correct. Exactly. So, I mean, usually the Africans, the Ethiopians, 
you'll see a lot of the uh, Sudanese models. Right. Um, they'll be used a lot here because of their exotic yeah. look and olive tone, kind of. Right. So like, that's what I've observed recently just on Instagram. Like, you'll just see some of the same people and they'll have the similar a similar look. Huh. And, you know, that's what they're, what they consider to be inclusion. Yeah. So, so in the, in the industry, and as you kind of think about your experiences, what, what and who determines like what the look is going to be? Producers of the, of the show, the brands, the designers, they determine what direction, what creative direction they're going to go into. So they, it's, ne- it's never up to the model. You're just supposed to be there if you're um, selected or if you're going to go um, go audition for it. So okay. Do you think the consumer drives the design of the brand or the style, or do you think it's the other way around? Do you think the designers kind of drive it, and then consumers just follow suit to what? I question. believe it's a little bit of both. I want to say it's a little bit of both, like the consumer, like. And then just the end, like rap music. Is that, that heavily that of an influence? A, yeah, it does. Because in vi- music videos, they use models. So they tend to use the like the thick or the or the exotic slim. So that's what you'll see a lot of times in the urban market. Because you'll hear amongst each other amongst ourselves, like you'll hear that light is right, light is better, yeah. light is more attractive. Oh, um, I, I have good hair, I have bad hair. You know, I mean, that that's amongst ourselves. Yeah. That's not even the powers that be determining that. I believe it all stems back to, like, the slavery, slave mentality, mental slavery. So how do you, as a, as a beautiful black woman with natural hair and a natural body, right? How do you how do you break into such a very interesting and and demanding as it relates to like what you have to be in order to be selected for like a job or or well as a model you're supposed to kind of be a chameleon. You have to be able to wear different looks. You have to be like that's why I tend to wear wigs or weaves. And things of that nature from time to time. I might straighten my hair sometimes. I actually just started the going completely like naturally Natural. curly. I've I've never I've I've been perm free for a few for 10 years. Me too. But <laughs> <laughs> Me too. but in general, I stopped straightening my hair for almost two years now. So but and like I actually experienced that in Hawaii for um, Adam Sandler's production. Uh, the one of the directors on that, they kept asking me about my hair. What do they say? Like the um, because casting was going back and forth with me on the text, and they kept saying, "Do you have any photos of your natural hair?" And in Hawaii, I would wear protective styles, right, to try to keep my hair from uh being damaged from the humidity and right. from the different elements. And my stylist had uh, PCS, so she moved to a different duty station. So I wasn't just going to have, you know, anyone just playing in my hair. Um, so 
I had to explain to her, you know, I pretty much wear my hair protective. The pictures that I've sent you is how my hair will look naturally if I'm selected. But I'm not going to, like, just do something to my hair if right. you're not going to choose me. Was it tough for them to understand that? Uh, yes. <laughs> they kept asking, like, why why this and why that? I was like, to protect my hair. I was like, I have black hair. Cultural I'm black, important. you know? Right, right. I was like, what don't you understand? Right. <laughs> like, are you not getting what you're, what we're subliminally giving you that you need to change this? Right. Yeah. But I was selected and I did wear my hair naturally, you know, out. That's so. what's up. And they, and they loved it, so. We were talking about diversity and inclusion and I want to be inclusive here. So I want to ask, what do black men go through to the best of your ability to speak to? I would think that they kind of go through some of the similar, similar things that black women go through. A lot of black men might not consider um, consider modeling sometimes. Because you know, like how Tyson Beckford, for example, like he's one of the most known models. There's like a few notable known male models. I think he's like the only one I can name him. That's, the, that's, that's and the, up and the there. dude that went to jail, the felon dude they were talking about. The oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And I, is he really Prison modeling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know who you're talking about. That's yeah, he's, he's really, he's really signed. And he's with, uh, He's with someone that's really rich. I forgot her name, but hmm. he's with someone that's an heiress. He's with an heiress. Bro, we just need to go to jail real quick. Right, and get some tattoos. Get a mug shot and go get that bread. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. But, but I, I don't think I'm built for that jail life, though, so. No. <laughs> but I would say that, you know, because sometimes we can tend to, we tend to be critical about males and modeling. It's like right. a more of a feminine thing. Right. <laughs> so... A lot of masculine men, they're, they kind of shy away from that. Huh. And because even like Tyson, there were rumors about whether yeah. or not he's, yeah. you know. If he's homosexual or not. Exactly. So I think that kind of comes into play. So one question I want to ask is like in society today, people through social media, we're posting pictures and there's a lot of ridicule out there. There's always someone with an opinion on how you look and what you're doing or whatnot. But in your case, when you are literally paid to be photographed or to walk and present yourself, when you're paid to present an image of yourself, how do you, man how do you manage that increased ridicule? How do you work through that? You have to know yourself and uh, just be confident. I feel like modeling does build confidence. I know that modeling for me is like my escape because I used to be very, very shy and and I was ridiculed for just being skinny. And now those same people are in my DMs. But um, Come on now. <laughs> but, but that's another story. But yes, um, you just have to really be mentally strong. Like you, you have to. Because you're, you're in an industry that is superficial. That is not going to change. That part is not going to change. Right. And you have to know what you're getting into. You know what you're signing up for. So you have to meet the standards of whatever job that you're choosing. Because you can pick and choose. You can accept and you can say no. Right. So if it do, if you don't agree with whatever's being asked of you, you can always decline. Gotcha. That makes sense. Hmm. I want to talk about firsts. And I, I went in and I, I looked up a couple of firsts in the modeling industry. And I'll share my perspective on firsts afterwards. But 1974, Beverly Johnson was the first black woman to cover American Vogue. 
And these are not in order, by the way. 92, Veronica Webb was the first black model to land a major beauty contract. 1988, Naomi Campbell was the first black model to cover French Vogue. 2014, Lupita was named the first black spokesperson for Lacombe. Am I saying that right? Lacombe. Yeah, same thing. Lacombe. <laughs> <laughs> right, all, all them, all them. Uh, 97, Tyra Banks was the first black model to cover Sports Illustrated swimsuit. And she just redid that, sh- that yep, cover. Yeah, I saw it. And she still she looks, she looks great. I think she looks better now. I think right? so, too. Yeah. And, More yeah. body. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then 2018, Tyler Mitchell became the first black photographer to shoot an American Vogue cover with Beyonce. Mm-hmm. Right, so like... And Beyonce chose him specifically. Love. Yes. And mm. like, I love all those firsts, right? But I also feel very, very different about them, too. Before I get into that, what are your thoughts on the firsts that happened and are still happening? I feel like we're still, we still have a long way to go. Amen. For sure. Because I believe, like, Naomi Campbell recently, she was finally the first black woman to um, do a campaign with narcissists. uh makeup. Like, You'll see on, the, on their packaging, it's N-A-R-S, but it's narcissists. But she was, like, the first black to campaign for them. You see, like, it drives me crazy. And that's Naomi Campbell. That's right, I mean, that's, 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 that's like... super, super model. That's right? like legendary like, stuff, yeah. right? That's crazy. And that... notice how she's starting to act now. Yeah. So there's also that shift into acting and film because, contrary to popular belief, runway models are the lowest paid. Really? Commercial models are the highest paid. So when you get on a campaign, especially, like, with Lancome, for sh- like, that's... That's but that's epic. Really? <laughs> yes. Hmm. Yes. Right, I want to go back to that, but my thing about first is I, I hate the fact that we can still count them. Right? I just exactly. I, I, I celebrate each and every one of those, but it's the sheer it's the sheer fact that in 2019 we are still physically counting on one or two hands oh, first yeah. for black folks. Oh, exactly. Yeah. That's in any industry. It is. Like I was gonna say, I took a job 15 years ago, 16 years ago in engineering, and I was the first in that company's history of management. And this company had been around for 60 years. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Oh, yeah. Like, it, it bothers me to my core. Like, this shouldn't be... We shouldn't have any more firsts. We shouldn't, but... But we do. Yeah, but... I and mean, we'll still celebrate. Yeah, because we should. Yeah. I mean, and, and we got to think, too, you know, the thought process of racism they, and, and yeah. prejudice. And, yeah. I think mean, it runs deep. And it, 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 there, it's a strong lineage, right? So to break that for some... It, it takes someone relatively bold... Well, I won't even say bold, but I would say smart because they're doing it probably for more capitalistic type reasons. Right. Um, to actually break the mold of that. And I still think there's far too many... Prejudice and racism. Absolutely. And individuals who don't have an appreciation for a culture that is amazing to allow us to get in. So, those first, I think, are going to come for, we got, I think, oh, some wow. decades. Think uh, about how, think. how. Well, they got to die off. Yeah, true. Yeah. I think, think true. that that prejudice and discrimination, like yeah. the segregation, is yeah. not that far away. No, far it's not. Away. Right. It's not. Right. It was just yesterday. Exactly. Right, right, <laughs> right. right. So they just now coming out and say, oh, you know, Naomi Campbell, you could... If we're going to pick a black person, you could be the one we pick. All right, so a minute ago, you you were talking about 
um, runway models and what they make. So, like, for me, that's a, that's a black hole. Like, I literally have no idea how much you can make modeling, right? What, is, what do salaries look like? Or, I mean, hell, are they salaries? Is it, are they just contracted positions? Is it an, an hourly wage? Is it a contract that pays you X? They're not really salaries. Um, usually, when you're submitted and you um, submitted by your agency, they already have a rate of pay for the job. Mm-hmm. So if you accept, that's the rate that you get. That's what that's the amount that you get. Usually when you reach uh, national campaign status, that's when you can kind of negotiate mm-hmm. what you're going to get for the campaign. Because campaigns... Give me an example of national campaign. National campaigns, like for example, CoverGirl, that can range from as little as $5,000 to $80,000 for one Damn, job. that's a big range. For one job. But you're submitted per job. So that's how you're paid. You're paid per job, not by by the hour, not by your hourly rates can usually be for like um, your work that you do with photographers. If you get to a certain level where you start to charge for your time versus doing time for prints, Mm -hmm. you would basically have a rate that you would uh, give the photographer and they would pay that. But other than that, it's per job. In the modeling industry, and I'm thinking about it in, in parallel to like music. Like, you know, how musicians own their own masters and mm-hmm. their own Ooh, artistry. That's a good question. Some of them. Right, right. Very little. Very little, exactly. right? Extremely, but it's possible. Yeah, it but it's, it's, it's possible. possible. So from a, from, a, from a modeling standpoint, is there a masters or a proofs or prints or owning of the content or the image of you or the likeness of you, how does that work? That is all in your contract when you sign to certain agencies. Um, but there's no way for you to just own your image unless you pay the photographer a huge amount of money mm. <laughs> and to buy that image, to buy the rights to that image. Technically, the photographer owns the image unless you pay for it. And it can be uh, whatever rate that they say. Like, especially if it's tied to a campaign or something mm-hmm. like that, then you have to buy it from the photographer or buy it from the brand that bought from the photographer. That sounds expensive as hell. Uh. Exactly. <laughs> so most models do not own the rights to their images. Um, it becomes like stock, stock photos and recycled. Yeah. You have to continue to give credits to the people that own it, which is usually the photographer and the uh, brand. Are there any black-owned modeling agencies? I don't mean the kind where they Top just... legit agencies? Yeah, no. okay. <laughs> Let's be... No. Legit agencies are not owned so by shit, any black. we have another first we got to... Right. <laughs> Why is that? I would assume that it's due to the fact that there, there are not many... Um, Top black models. Top black models, yeah, exactly. Like, when you think of the pioneers, you think of Tyra Banks. Like, she pretty yeah, much right. started and t- and collaborated with the top top agencies to give contracts to the contestants on America's Next Top Model. And she built that platform that helped put so many people out there. Like Because most of the ones that I know came... Through her. Yeah, even if you didn't win. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She went on to do film. Yeah. You know, and... And it's doing well. Yeah. make money. And uh, what, Eva? Uh, and Eva, yeah. Did she win? She won, okay, though. Okay, okay. 
Uh, would I say that she's Takara? Than Yaya. <laughs> What her name? Don't know her name. Takara. Takara yeah. Oh yeah, she was like the plus size face yeah. of Ashley Stewart. Yeah, she was fine. And like BT. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't I heard Takara. from her lately. She called me the other day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I really I, 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 I haven't seen anything from her lately, but I've definitely seen uh, Yaya, Takara, uh, Eva, and Kenya. She's out. I forgot there. about her. Yeah, she's out there. Hmm. Why don't you think it's a... I mean, do you think it would be a lucrative business to start? No? Yeah. Pushy get side eye on that one. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, <laughs> it's a lot of work. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure it is because a lot of, a lot of scam-type agencies are, um, are around uh, because, you know, they're always desperate people yeah. that want to get into the industry. It's a great and don't leader. Know I'm how. getting ready to ask you that too. Yeah. So talking about those mm. scams, people desperate to get into the industry, and the overuse of social media to take advantage of people. Two questions. One, how does someone get started legitimately? And then two, how do they avoid those scams and illegitimate things they see presented on Facebook and everywhere else? Because you know everybody is an Instagram mom. I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> to get started legitimately. Because Facebook told me I had a career in modeling. It, just, it was probably Every, just the other day. I modeling told you, fashion over. I right. told you everyone <laughs> right. can have a career because there's lifestyle and commercial. What do you who do you think models on the billboards um for the gas companies? Oh, they ask me all the time. I get calls all the time. There's always um different avenues of modeling. So it's definitely for just about anyone that can get into the door. So there's a there's a there's a there's 12-year-old a... girl right now who wants to get into it, right? Mm-hmm. And she's telling her mom, I want to model. Someone actually DMs me about their child um, getting into modeling a couple of days ago. And I um, referenced um, models.com. Mm-hmm. That's a great resource for anyone that wants to find legitimate agencies. They have an entire directory of modeling agencies around the world. Is it, is it a good first step to go reach out to a modeling agency? Yeah, it is. Like, uh, when they have open calls, especially when you're young, like, mm-hmm. when you're really young, it's a lot easier because there's so many agencies that are out there that are willing to represent you. Right. Um, you kind of meet their standards usually easily. All you have to do is honestly get some port- Polaroids, um, take, take a, four snapshots right. um, of the requirements. They usually have an example of what they look for. You do not have to go out and spend $800 or more um, with a photographer for professional photos. That is the easiest way to waste your time because you can do all of that and that top agency will say that that's not good enough. Mm. So why waste your money on photos when you don't even know what they want? So your advice to them is, is one, get started. Reach out to an agency. Yeah, reach out Go to, to an models. agency. Go to models.com, research. Yeah, do your research. Definitely do your research. Um, submit to local agencies. Um, Elite has an agency here. Elite, uh, MP Management, BMG, Models and Talent, Click, ATL, Salt Models. I've heard of Salt before. <laughs> Ursula Weedman. That's a, those are like... That would sound made up. You telling the truth? No, I am. Okay, checking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know, I know, I know some money. legit uh, okay. models that are signed to these agencies. So they, they're, that's a, a legit local start. 
Um, because of course, like MP management has offices in various states. So usually the major model, major agencies, they'll have different locations. So they'll end up signing you maybe at your local office, but then you'll end up moving to like LA or New York gotcha. or get signed to yeah. both. Hmm. Let's kill some rumors. There are a ton of people who think that modeling is a very easy job to do. I don't know if it's easy or hard because I've never done it, but I want to ask, is modeling hard work? I believe so because you have to uphold different um, standards and you have to know how to pose. You have to... <laughs> we know I suck at posing. <laughs> you have to... And smiling. You're, you're constantly... <laughs> On demand. <laughs> I can't smile say about You're life. constantly having to perfect your craft. You have to keep your body in, in shape. You have to diet. Yeah. Shit, I'm out. Yeah, and then you have you have yeah. It's, <laughs> it's definitely the posing and everything. So, all right. So we hear horror stories, right? And we kind of talked about it early on before we started recording. Mm -hmm. Talk about those. Talk about <laughs> how we hear photographers asking for sexual favors and and trying to coerce women. I guess men too, probably into you know <laughs> nude photo shoots and whatnot. I guess I guess dudes get it too. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Gotta be. Um, I, mean, I get asked all the time, take my clothes off. <laughs> that hey, definitely, wife. Wife. <laughs> that definitely happens a lot anywhere. I, I don't even want to just say Atlanta. Uh, but I feel like in order to avoid that, you have to do your research. You need to meet these photographers before you start shooting with them. Right. Especially if there's going to be any type of nudity or semi-nudity. Like, what are you shooting it for? Right. If somebody says, surprise, this is porn, you should probably leave. Exactly. Okay, just kidding. But, um, Unless you want to be porn. <laughs> I always say bring a buddy. Because I know, like, a lot of photographers, they don't want you to necessarily bring your significant other or anything because that can kind of impede the creative process. But you should definitely, you know, make sure you at least meet them beforehand so you can go over your expectations. If you're a child... You need to always be with a parent. Right. Don't do any R. Kelly stuff and send Amen. your child we off. Don't, we don't do R. Kelly around <laughs> here. Amen. Don't, don't send oh. your child off. You know, they're off shooting with a photographer by themselves. Modeling is so broad. And some I know some people get offended who take it seriously. I know I do. Like when you take it seriously and anybody just says they're a model just because they look cute or uh -huh. they can stand in front of a ca camera. Because, I mean, anybody can take pictures. But are you really a model? You're not a model until you sign an I-9 form. We coming for you, IG <laughs> models. That's what she's saying. We coming for you. No, no. I'm don't just kidding. I'm kidding. Instagram, Instagram, <laughs> you can definitely make some money on Instagram. It's starting to shift, especially like Fashion, no, fashion no Nova money. pays money. You know, like Kim Kardashian makes a million dollars a post. I know. I know like, Amber Rose makes book right, money too. Right. Oh, I, so I, I don't, don't her. knock the IG models. Now, knock the ones that are on IG posing like that and still... Cash at me for <laughs> <Some> money. <laughs> now, those are the ones that are flexing. Like, they cap. They cap. Get your endorsements if you can get them. Well, look, we, um, you got anything else, brother? No. No, no, no. I survived. You did. You did. <laughs> yes. And look, yes. I, I, I saw when the nerves went away, too. It should, right. It transitioned yeah. quite easily. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Look, we, we're at the end. We love to uh, just turn it over to our guests to have a few last words. Anything you want to tell the people? Tell them how to find you, how to contact you. My Instagram is glamstar14. 
I have a website. It is marinaomi.net. And that's my website. Basically, just don't give up on your dreams. If you really want to become a model, then just do your research. Be a little bit more vigilant when it comes to shooting with photographers because there are guys with cameras out there. We call them GWCs. <laughs> Watch out for and, the GWCs. Um, you can kind of end up in uncompromising situations. So don't just be so desperate to take pictures. Make sure you're taking pictures with a purpose. Yeah. You know? I feel that. But yeah, don't give up. Cool. There's, there's This industry has changed, definitely. It's like, even if you're 30, you can get into modeling. There's a, there's a spot for you. That's dope. That's what's up. Mari, thank you so much for coming yeah. on the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you for gracing us on. We appreciate what? it. <laughs> I survived. I'm so happy. Right. You did. Wild Black. It wasn't that bad. We out. We out. Peace. Peace. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, But the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba. 